Aloha, I am June Jones of the Houston Roughnecks, and this is the XFL Show. Welcome, football fans. This is for the love of football. This is the road to 2022, and this is the XFL show. I'm Alan. I'm Vince. And I'm Bryant. 2020 is coming to a close, and while this year was the year the XFL debuted and then unfortunately went away, what matters most is that football was indeed reimagined, and we are still... Here talking XFL with you on the original official XFL podcast. This is episode 149. This is for you. And this is live, Bryant, live and in color on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. A special show, your baby, your idea. Uh, you know, a little. it's not just for me. It's for you, football fans. This is what this is for. Happy holidays. Uh, it's going to be a great show. I'm excited. It is. And we got Vince back. Vince is back for this very special holiday edition of This is the XFL Show. Vince, welcome back. Happy holidays to you. Merry Christmas, and welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me back. Happy holidays to everybody out there. Cannot wait to talk some XFL. Uh, I know we got to wait a long time, a whole other year for this thing to come back up, but I am still very hyped for it. Yes, yes, we've got a long road to hoe, and we're going to do it together right here at XFL Show on Twitter, on Instagram, and of course, thank you for watching live on YouTube, subscribing to that channel. We're going to be doing this a lot more. Get used to it, because we're here, and we're here live for a very special episode. Vince is back, so we're going to ask him some questions. I'm interested to hear what you have to say, Vince, but we have a special guest, Bryant. We've got coming into the show right now, hot read at the front of the show, unprecedented for this is the XFL show. It's time to talk to the one, the only, the head coach of the Houston Roughnecks in 2020, June Jones. Welcome to the show. Hello, guys. How are you doing? (laughs) Oh, we're great, coach. Thanks. Happy holidays to you. Yeah, same to you guys. Coach, we, you know, we we, uh, we had a, a crazy year here as XFL fans, but you you helped put together what was some of the most fun football in 2020. So I just want to, off the top of the show, just thank you for what you, you did in Houston with your team on the field and also the access you gave fans on the sidelines, one of our favorite coaches to watch all season. <laughs> well, it was, uh, it was innovative, uh, and uh, I'm sure the NFL uh, – going to copy some of the things that we did uh, not just in the uh, tv booth but i think uh, on the field eventually they will trickle down yeah we're, we're hoping for sure from the rule book and from the presentation i wanted to ask you as a coach from your perspective was there anything that was too intrusive regarding the presentation and all the microphones on the sidelines for you um no in fact at first you know when they said that how they were going to do it i thought it was going to be but then uh afterwards I felt like it was an advantage because I could the, the 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 things in the helmets were on all the time, so I could coach the kids up on the sideline when I called a play, 
looking at the coverage. I could tell him, you know, this, this, the other thing. So it went right down to the to the end where, where in, you know, when I was in the NFL <coughs> and in uh, college, they cut cut that thing off. Yeah, that was uh, something we were really anticipating to help the offenses, too, with all the communication you had. So I'm sure as a coach, you love that. And then, I mean, seeing players interviewed on the sidelines, I'm sure as a coach, might have you might have thought one way about it. But I think overall, that was done pretty tastefully by the networks, would you say? I, I enjoyed it a lot as a fan. Yeah, no, I thought they did a good job. And I agree with you on, on what you said. At first, I wasn't real excited about it, but then, you know, it becomes something you have to coach up to the kids too during you know before the game how to handle certain situations and so you kind of coach them so that it wouldn't become a a divisive thing from within coach let me ask you something real quick on that is because you had some interactions with some referees during them did you ever have to feel like you held back or you were just like you know whatever happens happens with these mics because if this is what they want this is what they're going to get kind of mentality. I had, did have some. I always do. Um, uh, but uh, I, I thought that was handled, again, uh, pretty good by the network uh, part of it. Um, you know, I said some things uh, that I'm sure uh, caught your attention. <laughs> and I got a lot of text messages and calls on them. But, but I tried not to. I tried to just leave them alone. But if something, something's really flagrant, you know, wrong, then, then I address it with them. No, for sure, and, and I think I think something that came out of all of this, with all the communication, all this, is the star power that the X was trying to build, and they did that with PJ Walker. How was it having that man at the helm for you? Well, you know, I I had watched PJ in his first game at Temple uh, when he was a freshman, and he was a true freshman played against us. I think we beat him fifty-one to forty-five or something like that. I can't remember the score, but I remember walking over to him after the game. Because uh, Matt Rule was the head coach at that time, and I think it was his first game. And he was running a lot of our concepts at the Giants when he was with Kevin Gilbright, who uh, had learned it at the Oilers. And so they were running a lot of our stuff. So I realized that this kid was pretty dang good for a true freshman and live bullets. And I remember walking over and introducing myself to him. And so as soon as I saw his name on the, on the list, uh, and I didn't know how the allocation was going to happen, but we put him down as uh, number one because oh. uh, I, I had just remembered him from that game. And of course, we evaluated him in the preseason games, uh, the NFL film we had too. But there was no question in my mind he was a player. Well, wow. that being said, I, I wanted to ask you something that we saw one of our uh, viewers ask, Alan, is that, uh, or Coach, is that uh, how did that allocation process go with uh, with selecting a quarterback? You put PJ one, so that, that so. You know, if no one else wanted him one, that's what you were going to get? <clears throat> well, um, I I don't really exactly know. But, yes, to answer your question, <clears throat> we put him one. And then everybody else had the opportunity to do that same thing. And we were probably, I guess, the only ones that, that were uh, put him down as number one. If there was a tie on a kid, uh, I think it was allocated by Oliver uh, himself. And I think that's how it shook down. And Oliver, uh, you know, Oliver Luck's uh, son was quarterback in Indianapolis and highly recommended PJ too, as well. So um, I think that that's how it happened. I I really liked the kid from Hawaii that uh, the Battlehawks had, uh, Troy. Uh, was it not Troy? It's Jordan. 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 Uh, yeah. And because uh, I had watched him 
when I was in the CFL, and we put him on our neg list because I really liked him. So between the two, I knew if I had one of those two guys, we were going to be pretty competitive. That's just a great idea. <laughs> yeah, they were for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, So how did it feel seeing him uh, you know, start, getting that one start that he did against the Detroit Lions this past season? Did you get to watch that? Oh, yeah. We were uh, – uh, fortunately, it was on here uh, uh, in Hawaii. Uh, I'm in Oregon right now, but in Hawaii, we only get a selected games, and that game was on, so I got to watch him. And, um, you know, I was texting him back and forth before the game, during the game, after the game. And, uh, you know, he, he uh, you know, I was just really excited for him to get uh, on film as an NFL starter because that just extends your career yeah. probably another five to eight years, you know. Yeah, that's great. So absolutely. important, that game tape. No, absolutely. Yeah. Especially yeah. Oh, of, of course. I mean, you, you, once you get that film, you could be picked up. Uh, you, you got more, more avenues out there for sure. No question about it. Uh, C- Coach, you've had an illustrious career uh, coaching in, in in at the college level, very successful. Uh, a lot at the NFL level, and and you know most recently uh, with the XFL. Which did you enjoy uh, coaching the best? Wh- which uh, which area? Um, I enjoyed you know everywhere I am because it's really for me. It's more about the people I'm with, the coaches I'm mm-hmm. with, and the and developing the the team and tangible chemistry that builds winners within the, the locker room. Now, I, I enjoy doing that. And to answer your question, I enjoyed them all, but I really, really enjoyed uh, helping at St. Louis High School when I uh, left uh, SMU, and then I, t- I coached at Kapolei uh, High School, which was Taulia Tonga-Vailoa, who's the starter at Maryland right now. Mm-hmm. I had him his sophomore year, and they had been in existence, I think, at a, as a school for 20 to 25 years and never gone to the playoffs. And we went 11-3, and three and we won a couple games in the playoffs and almost got to the state championship. And I think that was one of the funnest, funnest years I've had. Yeah, it's got, it's got to be very fulfilling, you know, working with those really young kids and then, you know, seeing them, you know, down the road being, being big stars uh, where, wherever they go. Um Obviously, Coach, you're famous for for your offensive system, one of the best to ever do it, in my opinion. Uh, the XFL utilized uh, a lot of different rules, like you, like you had talked about, with you know communication to the players, you know certain things with play clock, uh, all kinds of different stuff. Do you feel like the XFL those rules really suited to your scheme? Do you feel like your scheme had the best opportunity to succeed in the XFL because of the rules? Well, I think it's, uh, you know, I felt it was not a disadvantage to us for sure. You know, we were throwing the football and uh, the ability, I thought, with the headset thing, I don't rotate a lot of receivers in there. My four are going to play until they get hurt. And uh, so the ability for those guys to walk back to the to the huddle and, you know, because they're they're nonstop running for, for three hours, okay? I mean, boom, yeah. boom, boom. And so... The ability for them, me to call a play and then hear the play and then just walk back to the line of scrimmage rather than jogging back to the huddle and getting the play and doing all that, I thought that was an advantage for what we were doing. We we're not a, a high-tempo-type uh, offense like, uh, like uh, you know, Art Bryles and, and those guys. But at the same time, uh, I, thought, I thought we played pretty good, uh, obviously. I think we ended up number one in the league in offense. 
Uh, and a lot of it, it was because I thought the uh, uh, helmet, helmets and the automation, the, being able to talk to the players really benefited us. Number awesome. one in the league in a lot of categories, I'm sure, not just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and while we were in Houston, too, Brian, for uh, training camp, I mean, a lot of people we were talking to at least were saying because of the freedom, uh, Coach, that you were going to give your receivers and a lot of the players on your offense, at least early on in the season, people were anticipating and from what they saw in training camp that your team would come out hot, and you certainly did. And, I mean, putting together that team uh, to be so dominant, I mean, it was it was fun to watch as a fan, uh, but I had to imagine that was that was a pretty challenging job, being the coach, general manager in a startup league. What, what would you say was the biggest challenge leading up to kickoff in 2020 for you? Well, um, the, the biggest uh, decision that I made was to kind of give the general manager a title to Randy Mueller. And he, he really uh, helped assemble uh, our team, uh, probably more so than even I did. Although, you know, the P.J. Walker, a couple of three or four guys that I really felt strongly about. And Randy wasn't going to take a guy in the draft that I w- didn't want, uh, you know, because you, that's the worst thing you can do as a general manager. So Randy really did a nice job having been in the NFL, having been in the AAF. He really knew the players uh, better than probably anybody in the league. And so that's how we assembled, I think, uh, the team that we did. And, uh, uh, you know, I I really am a believer in the offensive line. you got to have offensive line. Uh, You know, I can find receivers. I can find a quarterback. But offensive linemen are the hardest to find. And Randy did a great job with that. And a couple of those players played for me in Canada, so we had them right away, uh, too. And uh, it just made everything go faster. Yeah, absolutely. You guys came out of the gates. It looked like everybody fit perfectly into what you wanted them to to do on both sides of the ball, particularly on offense. So the scouting, we know, was just – a tremendous effort from each of the teams, the general managers, and the league, too. How was it working with the front office of the entire league with those guys uh, as you were preparing with the summer with the summer showcases and end of the draft? That was really fun to watch as football nerds here on the show. Yeah, I, I kind of thought the uh, <clears throat> showcases were um, a little bit more for PR uh, than for actually finding, although there were a few kids that actually made football teams from those showcases. You probably have the list of those guys in front of you, but, but uh, it was really good that uh, we got the front page of the Houston Chronicle, you know, because of our, our uh, uh, showcase that we had in Houston. And, um, you know, the, the, the league did a really good job of, of organizing the scouts, the player development part of it. And, you know, I think, uh, I mean, I, I just think they did a real good job organizing that. We only had got together on maybe as a group of all the head coaches. We went to uh, Connecticut one time all together and got to meet, sit down and talk. And, and uh, But they were very open, uh, asking us all the time what and how can we improve what we're doing. And, and, uh, and I think they did a real good job organizing it. Well, truthfully, it felt like the quality of play was delivering, right? I mean, all this prep work going into the to to the season, it, it paid off. And Oliver, like, you know, pushed that really quick. It's about the quality of the play and making sure we have great quality. Um, well, but we saw it especially with your team, right? And, and just how deep was your talent pool on your team and, and maybe just in general from the league's perspective? Like, there was so much talent on that field. 
both sides. Well, well, we we have you know again because I knew specifically and I've done this before. This this is the first time. Usually every job that I take has been in the worst condition uh, in the history <laughs> of the NFL franchise or college, whatever it was. I mean that it, it was in the worst. So I felt really good about going in with an opportunity to be equal to everybody now. <laughs> And so I knew we were going to be pretty damn good. And so when we had our last practice, I remember walking in on that Wednesday after practice, and uh, we, the, our kids got a lot of reps, did a lot of running. We ran a lot of routes. And I remember that walking into the coaches' meeting and saying, hey, guys, I, I'm, I've not seen a practice like we just had before. These guys are finally getting it. And we, and we ended up – I mean, I just knew – the rest of the season, we were going to blow everybody out of the water, I felt, because offensively, we were so advanced to where I had ever been before. And, uh, you know, I wish wish we could have had it and prove, proven that we were that way. But then the next morning, we got the call, and it was uh, all for naught. Yeah, just an unfortunate set of circumstances, of course, um, with the season ending short, but with that being said, you guys did look advanced. You did look great. You know, you were five and zero. No one was stopping you. Um, you know, you, I think you had New York coming in. I was, I was waiting for that game. I was so excited for that game. But uh, regardless, coach, what about the rules? You know, the, I, I don't want to say the rules were catered too much towards you because I mean, you know, with the headsets and everything like that, it helped your offense quite much. Would there be any rules you change or or want to see go away? Or what was your favorite rule from the league? Well, you know, I, I kind of liked the, uh, the not kicking the extra point. Uh, it took me a little while to kind of sort that out uh, with the numbers. And finally, at the end, I was just going to go for three every time. Uh, <laughs> with, you know, which we pretty much did the last couple of games, I think. I don't know the numbers, but I think we went for three more than any other team in the league. Um, I figured, you know, I've been in the, the red zone with what we're doing for – 40 years and i kind of knew from the 10 yard line we, we we're going to score more than 30 30 percent of the time so even if you you hit it two out of three or two out of four you know it's like kicking the extra point going for one <laughs> my favorite yeah. chance to come out of the season for sure yeah. go for three that was yeah. i mean if yeah if, if you hit a three-pointer uh especially in a shootout game i mean that that puts a lot of pressure on the other team, and and I don't. A lot of those coaches, they didn't necessarily go for three that much. I mean, they're no. playing a little conservative. Yeah, well, you know, I think that's by nature of, of the coaches themselves. Yeah. Most are conservative. I would like though to, to say that I thought all the rules, the kickoff, the kickoff, all that stuff, I thought was really, really well thought out, and and we were everybody was getting it by the time we we uh, COVID got us, but. But I would like to see if if we're lucky enough to to be in the XFL again. Uh, I would think that that something more like a, a four point field goal for everything over forty eight yards, or, or you know, or, or or put a number on where that is. Maybe it's fifty two plus. You get four points uh, for for kicking, and I really think that eventually that's going to happen in college football. And, and probably rule change. I would like to see the XFL be the first to do that as well. Well, it was oh, I'd love that. Close, right? Keeping them close. Yeah, and that's why the 
the uh, you know the, the the what was it the comeback period was created. Yeah, that's to the, help games keep in the close. same vein. So four point field goals. I'm, I'm totally fine with. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, is that is that something that you did you pitch that at all at the at the start when you, the coaches were all brought in? Were you guys able to pitch any rules or bring any ideas to uh, uh, to the uh, yeah. football ops? Well, basically, our conversations on the rules were just what. You know, how are they going to be uh, officiated, you know? Like, for example, you had to have your foot, you know, at a certain place on the field inside of, well, you know, 10 yards from the other team. And and the numbers, uh, spacing was a little bit different. And, and uh, so we were, at that point, more interested in just getting the, you know, safe and sound on the rule changes that they were going to implement. But as we went on, I had that conversation about the four-point field goal for the future, but not not for the, the uh, you know our inaugural season. Oh, you know, coach, uh, we we've got a ton of questions. We we've already asked you. We we reached out to our our listeners and and XFL fans on YouTube, on Twitter, and on uh, Reddit. We have a few questions we want to ask you from them here now. Uh, this one comes from Pixel Pete on Reddit who's asking you, what do you think the biggest challenge for teams to address will be when rebooting the XFL in 2022? Well, I think the biggest thing is always uh, the players, uh, you know, the allotment of the players. Uh, obviously, I think they're going to, you know, I, again, we haven't had any discussions. I don't even know uh, if I'm going to be involved. Hopefully I will be. But at the same time, I think uh, the player uh, – you know, allotments. I, I, I would assume that we would have rights to all the players that were on our teams before. And if we didn't uh, retain their rights by decision, then they'd go back into the pool available to other other teams. But, you know, being able to evaluate the NFL cuts, the CFL, you know, players that are available, those two things are probably the most key uh, thing for getting it rebooted. Um, you know, the like I said, the uh, the camps. Uh, I don't think a lot uh, a lot of players came out of those camps. Although I thought it was uh, good. You know, there were good good players in it, uh, but not a lot of them made the team. I think that if you can get the the ex NFL players and the CFL players that are not not going to go back to their league or for whatever reason or or I noticed the NFL expanded the they claimed it was because of COVID they expanded the uh, practice squad <laughs> that had nothing to do with the COVID that had all to do with the XFL yeah we saw we saw that coming coach I have a feeling those might even expand even more because they're realizing just how many great players are out there we saw a bunch of them in the XFL uh, that's yeah that's for sure huge we, we've been talking about that what will they do will it just be uh, allotted to the teams they were on before, uh, keep, teams keeping rights. We're going to be following on this long road to 2022. Uh, Kev underscore new 360 on Reddit wants to ask you, Coach, uh, what was the selling point that made you decide to go to the XFL? <clears throat> well, I was going to get paid in, in American money instead of Canadian dollars. <laughs> uh, but uh, just the opportunity I, I was part of the USFL when it first cranked up I felt like uh, Vince McMahon was uh, on solid ground and had COVID not happened I, I know we would have had a, a great uh, second season um, you know and, and they learned a lot from the first first season so I think more than anything 
you know, I had lived in Houston. Some of my kids had gone to school in Houston because I was with the Oilers and the Gamblers. And so going, the ability to go back to, to Houston was, was a, a real key. Well, it was awesome to watch the Roughnecks in action, Coach, and you put together a hell of a team, helped put together a hell of a league. I no doubt think without COVID, the XFL Season 2 would have been awesome, um, and I think spring football is going to be here to stay eventually. How about you? Do you think spring football will eventually have a seat at the table once and for all on the American sports calendar? Oh, well, I, uh, you know, in 2013 or 14, I can't remember when it was, uh, I thought that that the uh, non-power five schools should go to the spring uh, because they're losing the revenues, and you're seeing it now. It's going to force, you know, the power fives just even now with this COVID. uh, You you know, the coastal Carolinas, the the Hawaii's, the Boise states, you know, they're they're getting excluded basically, and uh, you know, I think. Uh, there would have been a real opportunity five years ago to capture that TV market that Vince was able to capture with the Mm -hmm. XFL. And so I was a believer in spring football, number one. And uh, we did it in the USFL. We went through that time, too, and it worked. And uh, the TV ratings were good. So I knew knew there was a market there. It, Coach, before we let you go here, I just have one last. Oh, Vince, if you have something to say, I was going to say it's uh, it's going to be interesting uh, because I believe a number of FCS programs are going to be playing in the spring this year. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do television wise, uh, which networks are broadcasting those, and and you know how how ratings do, and 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 you know if they do well, that's even more enforcement for what you just said that that uh, spring football, particularly the XFL, can do very well in the spring. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm convinced there's a market for it. I was a long time believer in it. And uh, I think uh, hopefully hopefully it'll crank back up and we'll get it all going again and, and no COVID to interrupt us. For sure, Coach. Yeah. Well, we appreciate all your time here, Coach. I just want to ask you this one thing that someone uh, sent us on uh, Instagram here. Some guy named Sam goes, uh, who was your favorite employee at the office and why was it <laughs> Sam Schwartzstein? <laughs> 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 well, Sam wasn't in our office, but he was in the main office, and and he did a great job. He was basically, I think, the the uh, you know through discussions, but I think he instru you know was instrumental in the rule changes, you know, and and he taught us all basically how to get it done. He did a great job. Yeah, well, like many people in the XFL, great eyes for football all around, uh, and that includes you for sure, Coach. Uh, so thank you. Unless you guys, <laughs> we really appreciate. Yeah, time. thank uh, you so much, Coach. Mele Kalikimaka, and uh, enjoy the holidays. Thanks, you too, Coach June Jones. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you maybe on the road to 2022. Beautiful. We'll talk soon. (laughs) Coach June Jones on This Is The XFL Show. Well, I don't know if you could you could sing that song, but there's like really strict DMCA rules now, Brian, so be careful with all the the copyright (laughs) stuff. But there it was. Good crisp interview with Coach June Jones. Vince, you learn anything? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, very fascinating to hear how he was scouting uh, different quarterbacks and how he ranked them, and you know how that whole process uh, played out as far as you know player allocation went. Uh, you know, obviously that that draft that happened that was a uh, a huge 
uh, a huge event that you guys were up, up there covering. Uh, just uh, fascinating to hear a little bit of background information on all that. Is there any doubt that June Jones had PJ number one and Jordan number two? I mean, he knew what he wanted. He wanted that mobile, strong arm quarterback, and that's what he was looking for. And he found the two best quarterbacks in the league, pretty much. Yeah, and I just my I had to say my favorite part of that was, and I'm I'm mad I didn't even think to ask about it because if you do look at I'm looking at his his stops in his career, Vince, and he said everywhere I've been, it's been at the worst possible moment for that oh, program yeah. or at a bad moment, and I've had to build it up. He was a finally on equal footing, and you saw what happened. So that was. I love that he and it just he he said it too. Usually, coach real candid coach uh, talk right there, not the normal coach speak from June Jones. And damn it, I hope he's back in the XFL in 2022, guys. That will be, I mean, it, that would just make it so so sweet to see him and at least a few other guys return uh, running these teams because we had some good personalities and some good football being played in 2020, and we got a whole year now to go down this road and uh, plenty of interviews like that to come plenty of live shows if you're watching on youtube or instagram or on twitter welcome thank you follow us at xfl show and uh let's get it going we've got some stuff to do here we got some some more show for you here besides june jones we got some little little bits of news to talk about i want to get into vince's mind he hasn't been on the show in a while so leave your comments Leave your questions here on YouTube and on Twitter. We'll see them, and we'll pull them up, and we'll answer them. We'll, we'll highlight them. Let's go the rest of the way. Let's start this part off here. Let's call this um, – what's this segment called, Brian? Isn't this – don't we have, like, a, a set piece? We started backwards today, so I'm all mixed up. Shouldn't we go cover two? Can <laughs> well, we go cover I, two? Who brings us our cover two, Alan? Oh, I love that part. That's my favorite part. Before we get to the cover two, ladies and gentlemen – this episode is brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts, and you could get your own podcast started today by going to www.prettyeasypodcast.com, get your own personal producer, get the help you need to get your podcast sounding great, and you can focus on the content and they take care of the rest. Forget that technical stuff. You don't need to learn it. You just need a partner at prettyeasypodcasts.com, and they've got a great slogan that just encapsulates it all. Uh, making podcasting uh, pretty easy. Boom. There it is. And we are now ready for that infamous restaurant quality cover two. I'm wondering what the hell you're doing in this league. There it is. June Jones. He even, he even knew that I bet you I gave you some of the best sound bites you guys have used on your show. <laughs> you and those. And I mean, Go ahead, come on. get out of here. All right, part one of the cover two, though, real quick. Let's talk about uh, we don't get into the legal matters too much with, you know, since the, the bankruptcy, Bryant, but uh, Oliver Luck and Vince McMahon, that issue is still being hashed out in court. I just want to talk about how this week came out from Daniel Kaplan of The Athletic that Oliver Luck's company phone is like a major point of contention in this lawsuit, in the litigation, they're trying to get access to his phone to prove that he wasn't doing his duty as commissioner, and that's how they're going to try to not pay him. I have uh, no stake in this whatsoever. Neither none of us do, but I just think it's the company phone. I have never been offered. I think you have a company phone. If anyone ever offers me a company phone, I'm saying no, no, thank you. I'm, I don't, why would you want one? They only cause trouble. They, they cause trouble. Uh, there's a lot of security measures as a user of a company phone that you can take yes. to avoid situations like this. Um, 
But you think they you think they'll run up to, to to Oliver Luck in court one day and be like, "What's up, Oliver Luck?" and then put the phone in his face, hopefully to activate the uh, facial recognition or something. <laughs> like that. Maybe like this is just the point to get him in. All that kind of stuff. Was this was this not the text that you sent in March? <laughs> and he opens the phone up. Great lawyering. Well, that's where that that's at. We're not going to cover it too much because it really has nothing to do with XFL twenty twenty two or anything football related Vince but I just thought that was that was a little that was cute that it's a little cell phone is on is the big major factor in that lawsuit yeah that's that's fascinating uh, I, I, I'm interested to see how that plays out we all know Vince McMahon's got some excellent lawyers yeah he does but I'm sure Oliver Luck does too and, and he might even be a lawyer himself I don't know he's got like every degree I'm sure he's like a scientist and a lawyer uh, well, uh, let's, uh, if, I was, was going to say if you look what college he went to they, they kind of give those out uh, <laughs> hail to pit hail to pit alright let's go part two of the cover two uh, real quick uh, Nickelodeon one of the used to be a great channel. I don't watch too much of it these days, Vince. I don't know about you, Brian. Brian, you're the one with the kids, so you might be watching more of it. Disney uh, Channel but right now, actually. But they're going to be airing the wild card in the NFL, and they're going to superimpose slime into the end zone and have googly eyes on players and do all sorts of fun stuff, according to Sports Business Journal. This seems like something the XFL could have could have come up with for the presentation and expanding the audience to uh, to children but this is this sounds really fun i hope wild. john cena's hosting it i that would be great I, I mean i don't know what you know demos certain uh you know those are the, all the rage these days demos you know which demographic your 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 program is after <laughs> but you know this is that's that's crazy um it uh, I guess I kind of like it, you know, for something like the NFL, you know, you know, there's all uh, ESPN notorious for having games broadcast with all different kinds of, you could watch a game that's only on the sky cam. You could watch a game with, you know, uh, coaches commentating on it. You, you can all kinds of stuff. Uh, th this is, this is wild. I, I don't know if the XFL would do something like this, but I could see this uh, being an interesting experiment to see, uh, you know, a concept similar to this i would say for sure uh, keep your comments coming guys we see them here on uh, on youtube we'll, we'll get to all of them here real quick do you think like espn sees an nfl game as like a wet towel and they're just bringing it everything every little ounce of whatever they can get out of an nfl game they try to put it on espn2 espn3 now we're going to put it on nickelodeon well, you think the nfl <laughs> wanted to um they're like we, we've conquered the eighteen to forty nine demo. Let's go after the nine to seventeen demo now on Nickelodeon. Yeah, the NFL. Clint, Clint's right. The NFL is trying to create new fans of the sport of football. That's true. I don't. I think if I was a kid watching Nickelodeon, I would have loved this. I loved like watching Rock and Jock on MTV yeah. and anything sports related on Nickelodeon. So, I'm, I, I think this is a good strategy. Well, let me ask you, you this, Alan, since you're all over the story. Um, so. As far as I know, uh, these wild card games, there's going to be more of them this year, three on each day. Um, so there's going to be, you know, NBC is going to have one, ESPN, ABC is going to have one, then CBS and Fox. Is this, is this just, is this just the ESPN game or who, who's in bed with Nickelodeon on this one? Well, Nickelodeon is a CBS station. So that's a v okay. Viacom. So that's yeah. got to be the CBS wild card game. I'd, I'd assume okay. if you know your media tree. Yeah. 
Could be. I mean, I mean, unless there's some sort of deal. I didn't read I, I too much imagine. into it other than I, I just saw the slime and said we got to talk about slime in, in the end zone. That's really why I got excited. Uh, real quick, before we uh, get out of the cover to another quick piece of news. Last week, we talked about the Vanderbilt uh, coaching coaching vacancy. Vince laughed at us for talking about Jonathan Hayes Bryant as a candidate. He interviewed for the job. He didn't get it. Notre Dame defensive coordinator Clark Leah did. But um, that's wrapped up. Vince is now here to scold us on our Vanderbilt knowledge. Yeah, he also so made fun of us on our Vanderbilt discussion. So that's yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to uh, get too deep into that, but but um, yeah, uh, this uh, Coach Leah here, he he is a Vanderbilt alum, from what I understand. Um, so I imagine that played a lot into it. And you know, this guy, uh, as you guys pointed out, a very difficult job to win at. Very difficult. Uh, the fact that he's a mom, the fact that he's, well, I'm sure he's getting paid a good amount of money. You know, if you're in the SEC, an SEC coach is probably getting at least $3 million a year, maybe $4 million a year. Uh, so I imagine, you know, being an alum, uh, he understands the culture there. Uh, he understands, you know, the standards, what it takes to win there. So I imagine he's, he's uh, the, 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 uh, the hiring committee was very comfortable with this guy. As far as Coach Hayes goes, you know, where's he go? College. Uh, that's going to be. That's an interesting question. You know, colleges are always. You always hear, "Oh, this guy interviewed. This guy interviewed." Yeah, I, I don't necessarily. I'm sure he was, but I don't know how serious that uh, of a consideration that uh, that he was. But this guy uh, uh, is a good coach. Uh, he did very well in the XFL. So I'd imagine, you know, eventually down the road, he's going to get a job. Maybe in the XFL. Uh, you know, in 2022, I wouldn't mind seeing back the, back to work. the Battle Hawks. The Battle Hawks did very well, Bryant. I mean, yeah, they were the best <laughs> professional football team <laughs> in the city. <laughs> By far. Yeah, just come on, get out of here with that. that wrap up the cover Great too. Spam peanut butter sandwiches too. By the way. The best with jalapenos in them. All right. Uh, we, the hot read was June Jones. So the rest of this is just going to we're going to read and react. We're going to play some read option here, Vince. Uh, see what people are commenting and people are asking us here in uh, YouTube and Twitter live. If you're listening to the podcast, you missed out. We're live. You got to check it out at XFL show. We're going to be going live uh, a lot more in 2022. So keep an eye out whenever we do this. This will be coming out to the podcast feed as well. Uh, but uh, how about let's uh, David Ridley. Just want to say thank you for uh, being down since day one. Uh, even though you got you got Scam Newton there on your on your avatar, we appreciate you listening or watching on YouTube. Uh, and then I like this one, Bryant. This one's interesting. Do you agree with this one, uh, Vince? Get your Wilson on. We can only see your <laughs> we see your eyes. Uh, Rangers King six six nine said, uh, "Would love to see Jeffrey Pollock appear on the show, just like Luck used to back in the day." It's pretty clear he's the new commissioner now. I don't know about that. Is it clear? Do you think Jeffrey Pollock gets named new commissioner in twenty twenty two? Something we haven't really uh, examined or speculated on just yet on who the commissioner will be, if there will be a commissioner. Uh, I don't know about that. It's clear to me, I'll say Jeffrey Pollock is going to be very heavily involved at the top of the food chain with the XFL and the new ownership. He's stuck around since the league went bankrupt and closed up shop. So whether it's well, the commissioner, the I don't know. 
I mean, he was a big yeah. part behind the scenes. He was he the wasn't president. The face. We, we, yeah, he was the president. He, he put the TV deals together. He got all the team presidents in line. He he did all that, all the business aspects of it all. That was him. Football was Oliver Luck. Jeffrey Pollock was the business aspect, and and he's going to be a big part of it. Whether he's this is the first time I'm even thinking about him being the actual commissioner of the league. What that means to the new owners, uh, who knows? Uh, but I do have something from Instagram here, Alan. This is a captain. Uh, 3193, he says, thoughts on the new owners? Vince, maybe you, because we've talked about them a few times. Yeah, uh, you, you got to like it. I mean, you got, you got, a, you got a, a group w- with some deep pockets. Uh, you got a strong woman heading up uh, the ownership. And, of course, you got The Rock, the most electrifying man in, in all the world. Um, so, yeah, that's – it seems like a like – a, a good situation. Uh, it's still very early on. Uh, this, I'm sure they're laying all the groundwork right now. We'll, we'll know this time next year, uh, you know, how good a job they've done. Uh, but it, it's gotten me excited. No doubt about that. Well, yeah. Well, just we can't speak to, like to the job this. they've done yet. Yeah. Yeah. By this time in 2018, we had already known the cities. So we're still kind of on par with, with where we were uh, in terms of the timeline for kickoff in 2020. Yeah, keep keep tabs on that, on on looking back on where we were at at this point in time, Brian. We're going to have to do a lot of that throughout the coming year because those mile mark markers will indicate what's coming up, what information we might be getting, where we should probably be. Because if you were a fan of the XFL in 2020 and thought things were done the right way, then you're going to want to see, I think, a similar timeline and spacing of announcements and decisions being made. But we'll see how it goes. Uh, Nicholas on YouTube asking or saying uh, that he was a, a Dallas Renegade season ticket holder. Sad to see them go. Us too. I I don't think we'll ever see Landry Jones play quarterback again, Vince. So that's a major bummer. Uh, which team are you excited to see back on the field in 2022, though, Vince? I guess we can get into this. I've been wanting to hear what Vince thinks as of now, because a few months ago he had some ideas on what cities would be getting teams again. Where are you at now, Vince? What teams are you excited to see return? Or maybe new teams, new teams and old teams coming together in 2022. <laughs> new teams and old teams under a new banner. Um, I, 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 really, I, I, you know, I did enjoy the Renegades uh, play. They were probably, probably one of my, my favorite teams. Uh, taking everything into account, uh, you know, Coach Hal Mummy, watching him, you know, you know, do his thing on the sidelines, you know, that was just tremendous television. Uh, you know, if I could get more of that in 2022, I'd be all over it. And uh, of course, the Houston Roughnecks, June Jones, watching that system, PJ Walker swing, slinging it all over the yard. That that's that's good football. That's exciting football. That's what the XFL is to me. Uh, those Texas teams, I want to see more of them. Uh, in 2022. Well, you have somebody here. Well, real quick, Brian, sorry. I saw someone in the comments. I can't scroll back and find it right now, but I saw someone said the Texas Roughnecks are going to rule the roost in in 2022 well they they were just gonna rule that entire that entire state so let's just be real they were the i like that i like that they won the texas throwdown is that what we called it the the fl showdown showdown in 2020 uh because they won that if there's going to be one texas team in 2022 it should be houston i guess that's what that settled well, there'll be there'll be two. Don't worry. But uh, Daniel Lodi two hundred nine on Instagram goes. Let's talk about a team in Northern California. Now, here's my problem with this: there's nowhere for them to play. 
You can't play a team. We're talking about putting teams in, in New Jersey for New York. You can't put this team in Levi Stadium. Where are they going to play? I, I don't know if – I don't think there's a strong enough – market or desire for football in northern california northern california uh, oh i don't know about that i don't i i think there's market there's just no like brian said nowhere to play that's the issue maybe san jose maybe the the san jose earthquakes right they maybe can play in their stadium or the or the yeah uh san jose state university where they play at um i'm perfectly fine with the eight cities that they have I, i don't see a reason to leave any of them because you didn't give them enough time. We've already talked about this a few times, but uh, it seems to be a hot-button topic, right? Why would you leave any of the cities right now? Would you, Vince? Do you have new cities you're looking well, for? Well, I, I don't know how, like, Tampa, for example. I, I It doesn't seem like it, you know, at least from an – I mean, I'm not living down in Tampa. Um, I don't have family there, Alan. Uh, but it didn't seem like it was, you know – you know that, yeah, yeah, because and, and I think also part of it is because of these these enormous NFL stadiums that they're playing in, it it makes it hard to really, you know, grasp what the enthusiasm and the electricity is there. Um, you know, if you're playing uh, like in Washington D.C. Where, where the defenders were at, you know, they're playing in a small soccer stadium. You know, I thought that was. You know that it needs to be more of that. Yeah, make it an event, make it a party. Uh, didn't at least on TV didn't come across that way uh, in in Tampa. Didn't come across that way in New York City. You know, I'm not saying it would have if they played in in not just a gigantic, huge, biggest stadium yeah. in the well, country. I mean, they, they would well, those. I went to Guardians games. They were loud, same but with the Wildcats you know, games, sound well, dies. Well, that was. Do do. Well, well, that's that's my. The Wildcats gotta, have some work to do, Brian. That's do. your job. And, and there is a lot of entertainment in LA, and I know there's a lot of people, but I don't know if that's really the best. Uh, if you, you want really it, want get it, I'm gonna give it to you right now. If you really want to get a community behind something, yeah, make make it a place where they could really go all in on it. I'd love to play at that Bank of California Stadium or whatever it's called now, but uh, supposedly you can't play football there, so only football. Only well, football, yeah. The the they're very strict about that. That the LAFC they want to keep that sacred ground. Uh, Brandon Anderson, I like this question, Vince. Uh, Current NFL starter or backup that's not doing their best that would make an XFL roster. Ooh, Who do you got? This is a Vince question. Do you want to see this? It? Is all Vince that would make an XFL roster? That, that I I I would like to see play. I think anyone can. They can currently oh, in the NFL could make an XFL roster. I would say who's yeah. maybe likely to be in the XFL or could potentially be. We would want to rephrase uh, that question. Oh, well, you know, there's there's a lot of guys out there that I I do want to <laughs> see. Yeah, you know, get. I mean, I'll, I'll give a star. Uh, Andy Dalton. A, I don't. I don't. I still still think Andy Dalton could find his way in the NFL. Uh, I, I'm. I'll. I'll give a, a close to home answer, and I'm going to say a, a Mason Rudolph for the Steelers, who, you know, when he has come in for for Big Ben, has not been the best. And this was a guy who really excelled in a wide open college offense. A guy with a really strong arm. Uh, and hasn't necessarily clicked in the NFL. Um, 
he is maybe somebody I think could benefit a lot from an XFL year as a starter and get really get some good tape out there and some good real meaningful game time experience. Uh, a guy that it maybe needs a fresh start. Um, and he's very young, so it's not like he's at the end of his career. He could have maybe afford to go down there for a year, uh, build himself back up. What do you think, Adam? I I mean I think Mason Rudolph has a lot of opportunities. He's still going to get. I don't I I don't know if he'd be a candidate to go to go to the XFL this quickly in his career. I think he could get one more backup contract or at least a practice squad. Like I want to say Dwayne Haskins too, but like guys like that will get opportunities still just because they're so young to be backups. Haskins has looked horrible. He's looked really bad, and if he has to start uh, Alex Smith hurt so we may have to see uh Dwayne Haskins the team playing this week uh he he talk about somebody who's playing for their job uh Dwayne yeah. Haskins it will be so I'm I'm praying for Ryan Fitzpatrick but I don't know if that he still has some more NFL teams he's yet to play for he's got to get all 32 I like format here on YouTube says Cam Newton's got one year and looks really bad what about former Heisman He's got so much money. He'd rather just not play. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What if he wants oh, to have fun in the XFL? Um, I guess. Someone will give him $2 I, I million dollars to sit on the bench. It's fine. With with what you're seeing with Mariota and Andy Dalton, backups are going to start getting paid like $5 million now. There's not going to be yeah, $1 million backup. They already do. Yeah, they're, they're, there's, you, there's so That's many mediocre quarterbacks in the NFL. You need them. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to see the, any of those guys really – Fall, fall into the XFL. I would ex- anticipate more guys like Jordan Tamu or PJ Walker who had big time success in college and maybe just aren't getting that shot at the NFL right away that will have to go to the XFL. That just younger quarterbacks. Yeah, and and yeah, the timing is interesting. Uh, so I think you got to because you're thinking college players now they're going to get a shot uh, in the NFL next year so i think it's going to be guys that get cut and don't make practice squads uh in the 21 2021 nfl season those are going to be the guys that you really got to target for the player pool uh for the xfl all right guys we're winding down here we've got these uh well we got a kaka there you got there for kyle and Kyle's been Kyle's been down since since the beginning of the show. So give him a Battle Hawks chant too. Look at this. And there you go, Kyle. Where have you been, man? Like, this is him this morning. It's three hours before go live. In the meantime, I'll go back I like and watch that. last week's episode. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle was doing wind sprints on the YouTube channel before we even got here. He was in the stadium well, working out, getting ready. Well, if you're going to play for June Jones, you better be doing your wind sprints because unless you're hurt, he ain't taking you out of the game. I love that. Oh, oh man, that was just <laughs> to play in the run and shoot. It's a lot of fun, but like, yeah, physically taxing. And man, I I feel like guys left. Uh, Cam Phillips might have been able to have more touchdowns. I had that question geared up to we didn't want to keep Coach Jones too long, but like I know they could have scored hours. more points. They could have scored more points than they did. Honestly, watching tape back. If I knew he was back, in Oregon Brian. on the West Coast, I would have, I would have, uh, I would have kept him. I thought it was already lunchtime for him. But anyway, uh, real quick, I like this question. I, I know you guys are really aren't too. Oh wait, no, oh, sorry, it wasn't this one. It was. Uh, 
Where is it? Well, that was a good question. I don't know why you... Hey, guys, which two XFL teams do you think will kick off the season? Knowing what you know now, who do you think... Oh, there's the Texas Roughnecks. I like that. (laughs) Who do you think would would be the the choice to kick off the season? Knowing what you know now with the teams and the fan base and and the excitement that they could bring. Seattle at DC. That's my pick. Run it back. (laughs) That was the same one? Okay. (laughs) Run it back. Do you think they didn't do the Battle Dome... Uh, on the first week, because really the Battle Dome made every other stadium in the league look pretty heinous. Why I would w- think you'd want to start with your biggest and best looking crowd first. So yeah. I'd go St. Louis. That's what I wanted. That we said that going into 2020, we were hoping St. Like Louis Tampa, would open the season. I wanted Tampa Bay to be early because I knew that they were not going to look as appealing on TV. So you want to get that hype in there early rather than in week three, but. Uh, there's that as well. Uh, Dirty, I see you too, friend. We'll, we'll, we'll text later. He's on here somewhere. I saw him. Kaka to you, Dirty. Kaka to everybody in St. Louis. And, uh, yeah, we're we're almost out of time here, Vince, unless you got anything else. We picked your brain on the cities, some players. June Jones, your number one coach you want to see back in 2022? Hey, hey, as far as the head coaches, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was say. Uh, no, no <laughs> doubt about it. It's Yeah, that's – not too difficult. Hal Mummy to, is probably to, the number one coach overall yeah. that he wants to see. In yeah, the yeah. Let's see those two guys go at it some more. Uh, yeah, just, I was so looking forward to that Thursday night showdown uh, oh, yes. that we were going to have week in, nine, in, what, in what was it late week March, nine or week early 10, April? Figures, yeah, yeah. I didn't get to see it, but um, yeah. Hopefully that was a ba- that was we had a bachelor party scheduled around around that uh that game that was gonna be rowdy but we'll we'll go 2022 we'll do it all over again we're gonna run it back we're gonna be on this road all year long with you right here on the youtube channel at xfl show bryant great idea going live this was a lot of fun and we will be doing it again We'll do it again. It's a lot of fun. Keep your questions coming. We could probably answer some of these on Twitter uh, later on today, too. Alan. It's a lot of comments and concerns, uh, but we're here for you. Episode 149, this is for you. Uh, follow us on all our social media gimmicks, gimmicks at XFL Show. Uh, you can also uh, subscribe to our podcast. Tell your friends about us on your favorite podcast platforms. That is uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, youtube.com slash this is the XFL show the official YouTube channel of this is the XFL show uh, make sure you subscribe you can say hi to everyone say hi and Vince say hi you've been gone for a little bit uh, everyone misses you everyone asks about you I thought you know I thought you were done like in just in life in general but hey you're, you're back uh, uh, I, I haven't uh, even talked to you for like six months <laughs> don't hey, you know, <laughs> we talked to him last week here. on the other I, show I, I, I talked talk I talked to liar all the time you know, at least once a week, um, sometimes more. And not just about football. We talk about all kinds of things, barbecue, uh, Mexican food. You know, we're, we're always talking, me and Bryant. I uh, can't wait. to. Uh, I'm just really excited. Uh, it was a blessing to talk to both of you guys today. I can't wait to do it again real soon. Me and Vince's I can't conversations wait. Gonna... depend on UCLA spread and what's going on in barbecue. <laughs> it's pretty much how me and Vince communicate now during the week. Or if there's a uh, big big event happening at the Staples Center. I can't wait to do it again and and get and get even better at doing this show, at least just 1% better next time, uh, Vince. That's the goal. And hopefully, I tried for him this week, but he was busy, too busy for us. But our original co-host Jake 
We'll try to get him in 2022. Biggest goal of the year. Might be my resolution, Brian. What? Time out. What are you doing here? What's the name of the other show? Ooh. It's called Brain Buster Radio, Roberto. Check it out. It's on a whole nother feed. That's a whole nother thing. We, we don't have time to get at, into it right now because we are out of time. We got a lot. We got a lot of work to do for the wrap this year up. Say good riddance to 2020 and get on that road to 2022. Bryant, next week's Christmas on, on a Friday. Are we do we have a show coming out? We're taking the week off. It's your call. I'm putting you on we the spot. We don't take weeks off. What are you at? We've never taken a week off uh, while there's XFL football coming up. So we so there back. will be. There will be a Christmas episode on Christmas coming out yeah, on you Friday. Work Christmas. What are you talking about? What? I, I'll, I'm, I'll be doing it. I'll be doing yeah. it. I'll be here for All it. Right. All right. We got the Christmas episode. So we got that's technically two holiday specials coming out, although it won't be live next week. We're going to have to figure out when we do that. I'm sure we got a lot of Feliz Navidading, at least in my in my neck of the woods. I can't wait to get back up to the snow, Vince. I'm coming. I'll see you this weekend or maybe on Monday for for some outdoor snow football watching. Yeah, yeah, we had about, uh, I'd say it was about eight inches at least of snow. Uh, maybe a little bit tired more of, than that in the Northeast. Tired of this sunshine down here in the 305. Brian, I'm getting out of here. I'll talk to you from Pittsburgh next week, all right? Great. Let's rock. All right, everybody, thanks again for watching live. Thanks for subscribing to the YouTube channel, following us on social media at XFL Show, and, of course, leaving those reviews and subscribing to the podcast feed. For Coach June Jones, for Vince, for Bryant, I'm Allen. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.